Welcome to Built Brave. Driven women sharing their stories to show others what is possible for them. Because we were all born brave. I'm your host, Lo Wentworth, and this is Built Brave. Are you ready? Hello, everyone. Have you wondered what it's like to have nine lives? Well, you're in luck because today's guest, that's exactly what she talks about as how she feels like she has nine lives because she pursues anything that lights her soul on fire. She has a diverse background. She is such a firecracker. I had a wonderful conversation with her and then she just discusses her mindset and how she got to a place to being comfortable with who she is, what she wants to do, and why she became a real estate agent and how knowing her own values have helped her to make tough decisions that we all struggle with all the time. And then she talks about more about that and how she's just had fun with it. I know you guys are going to love her. She was such an interesting character. I Like I said, I enjoyed this conversation because I part of me is just like, I wish I could do all the things that you have been doing and maybe have some of the courage to make some of those tough decisions that mm, I don't always think I have, but yet maybe I do, just like you. I bet there are times in your life where you don't know how to make tough decisions or where you are faced with a tough decision right now and you don't know which way to go. You know which way to go, but you're not confident in that way because there's probably something in your ego tripping you up. Happens to all of us. You're not alone. I mean, Lord knows we've all been thrown a large curveball and have to be pivoting ninjas like no other. And with that, let us begin. Hey everyone, welcome back. It is Thursday, which means another guest. So can I have the guests take it away, introduce yourself, and let everyone know what you're about. Awesome. I am so happy to be here. My name is Parisha Smith. I am the co-founder of The Positivity Charge, and I am a real estate agent serving the South Jersey area and in Philadelphia. Um, I have two beautiful children, six and, and 14. Oh my goodness, I was about to say 13. She would have killed me. She needs that extra age, <laughs> the extra year, um, and a husband, and we're currently living in South Jersey, but um, yeah, we're always uh, Phillies in our hearts, so we're always around. Mm, I remember that <laughs> that age thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. Fourteen. Yeah. Don't cut me. Down. Yeah, she almost slipped up today and said she was fifteen. I said, "Whoa, wait a minute." Mm. <laughs> See, I go, I do that because my birthday is at the end of the year. Yeah, in in December. So to keep up with like 
my families, like how old they are, because I know the distance between them. Yeah. Or like the, and so it's just like, wait, how old am I? Oh, yeah. I have to add a year. Yeah. Or she'll get to a point where she'll be like our age, and someone will be like, oh, you look like 24, 25. I'm like, good. That means my skin's great. Yeah, I have yeah. great genes. Yes. I've been working really hard on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about with the audience is your background in history and how you just do what you want, essentially. So if you could go dive deeper before your pre-real estate yeah era (laughs) so I always say I'm a I'm a woman of nine lives and um, I'm not ashamed of that as as opposed to when I was in my early high school years I really was because I was I was in a place where like late high school where I didn't kind of know exactly what I wanted to do or exactly where I wanted to be and in in those times that was a bad thing and it was almost shamed you didn't really know or you wasn't sure but um in 2016, I kind of decided that I wanted to do something that called to that young girl in high school, something that pulled me in. I was a big acting and producing buff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my roots and see what, what could have been. And I and and I, I say that because so many times, so many women, they don't want to go back to the beginning and pursue some of the things that really made them sparkle. So that was something for me that I wanted to do. And um, I joined the team over in MyNewPhilly.com. They were doing segments in so many different areas, fashion, food, um, fitness, everything. And I was like, I want a piece of that. And I want to learn from people that are doing videography and sound and things like that, that I've seen um, in high school. And now I could do it on a bigger scale. So honestly, I joined and I really wasn't that good at it. <laughs> But I was really, really eager to learn. So I started doing all kinds of things. Like I was an assistant. I walked around. I carried things. Um, And then I was really like, you know what? I have to take this seriously because people go to school for being a producer, being a host. They they take classes and they really invest. And here I am. I just want to do it. And I don't have those those, uh, resources available to me. So I started buying books and educating myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to really learn this. And I started getting good at it. I started writing scripts. I started um, taking the initiative. And then next thing you know, I'm one of the top producers at My New Philly. Um, and that is when I start. I started learn, you know, learning more different about different producers in the area. And that's how I met Dr. Rubina, who is my partner for the Positivity Charge. And we sat down and we had a meeting. And at the same time, I was going back and forth to New York because I had applied for a um, like a writer's job for the Food Network. And I was I I, I think big and I dream big. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I've only been doing this for about a year, but hey, (laughs) somebody's going to see the talent. So I sent over my demo, sent over my my um, my scripts that I've written for previous shows. Um, and I actually got it. And so right after my meeting with Dr. Rubina, we were like, oh, we're going to do something health wise. And I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to take this meeting. And um, I got it and I spent about 
about a almost a week in New York, and I did a couple of segments with chefs like Bobby Flay, Michael Simon, Christian Kish. It was just insane, and I really, really loved it. And then I came back, and um, we started talking some more about the positivity charge, and it like, and I say these things together because sometimes that's how things work, and sometimes that's how life is, where you're like you're balancing and you're juggling different things that really matter to you. And again, that is okay. So um, while we were actually talking at our second meeting, I got a phone call saying, you know what? We, we loved you down here. We wanted to see if you'd be interested in the externship. It's four weeks, uh, could possibly, you know, be a job for you. And um, I was like, man, this is the, this is everything that I had hoped for right? This is everything that I've been working for for about a year. Um, so, and mind you, I'm like in my late 20s. So I'm like, man, this is everything. So um, then after that, I, I talked to my husband and I and I said, you know what, this opportunity is ridiculous. And my kids were a little bit younger then. And, um, and I had to really assess what this meant for me and how much time it would have taken away from my family. Um, and I decided to reject or you know, decline the offer. And that hurt so bad because it, it taught me something about priorities and you have to have a priority chain. What's at the top of your priority chain and make it realistic, not just what you think in your mind, but actually writing down what's a part of your priority chains. And, and sometimes your dreams or your passions don't match your priorities. And and I know that sounds like kind of crazy, like your, your dreams and your passions should be on the top. Yeah, but there's some other things that should be on the top as well. And if they don't match up, you got to gotta make that hard choice. And so I made that hard choice. And then the positivity charge was still something that was right there on the side, looming and, and something I had planned. And I said, you know, this was before it was the positivity charge. We came back to the drawing board. Now, this is maybe six months after I had talked to Dr. Rubina. We sat down again and I said, what if we, what if we did something that wasn't about physical health? What if we did something that was about mental health and about pursuing our passions and how we can do it and build relationships and um, just create this a, a fuller life? And she was like, I like that. And um, and so the positivity charge for me on my end was created because of what I had been through making that tough decision, but at the same time trying to build a career. And all of that wrapped into one kind of made the positivity charge for me. And, and Dr. Vina has an amazing story as to why, um, why she decided to pursue the positivity charge. But for me, that was something that meant a whole lot. And um, we d we've done the positivity charge now for five years. Um, and we empower women to live their best life because we've been through some things. <laughs> So we share our stories and, and different things similar to what you do here, um, which is so important to have a platform for women to voice, you know, their their deepest, darkest. Um, and so after the positivity charge, not after, but during the positivity charge, my husband started doing real estate investments. And that was something that he had wanted to do his entire life. And again, I'm in, I'm still in this space of, we got to start tackling things that matter to us in our hearts. Like, cause I, and I told him one day we were, we were laying in bed doing our pillow talk. And I said, <laughs> I said, I don't want to turn around and be 60 plus and we're laying here 
looking at each other. And I know that you didn't pursue what mattered to you. I can't live like that. And and I just can't imagine that for our future. And I said, you got to do it. And you've been there for me through everything that all my twists and turns, it's your turn. So he pursued it and he did it. He's been good at it. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to support you too. So I'm going to get my real estate license and I'm going to support you. But in natural Parisha, he says it's Parisha-isms. In the style of Parisha, I get two days into real estate school and I'm like, this is it. (laughs) I am going to be a full-time real estate agent because this is everything. This is epic because my, my, my baseline is I love helping people and I love, I love getting people to that next, helping people get to that next level, whether it's in home ownership or if it's in their health or in their, um, in relationships, building is, is, is my passion. So yeah, that's sort of my story there. There's a lot there I'd like to unpack. I'm just like, where do I start first? Um, I actually want to start with like the the pillow talk conversation you had with your husband because like highlight that because not a lot of people see that in partnerships and don't think like in the long term of being like, I love you. Like I know for myself, I cannot lay here and envision my life when I'm 60, 80 or whatever and being like, I didn't pursue what was on my heart at that time, whatever time age I am. And then seeing you do that as a partner, like here's your permission slip to do the same. Like that's amazing. So how did like that come about? Was it just you being like one day like, in your, or you just woke up that morning in your dreamlike state, like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that it, it was just coming to a point where I was doing so much and I'm, and I'm, and I, I'm at my best when I'm, when I'm extra. <laughs> I'm my best when I'm extra. So I was just, just having a conversation with him about all the things that I was doing. So, you know, every entity has its own drama or its own thing. So I was just talking, blah, 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 blah. He says, I talk, I talk too much, but that's okay. (laughs) So I was just paddling on and then I stopped and I don't know why the thought popped in my mind, but I was just like, he doesn't have anything to talk about other than like, you know, life stuff, but nothing like how I am, like how passionate I am about something. And I'm like, there's something missing. And I'm like, I don't want you to, to feel like you've never had the opportunity because sometimes as a partner, there's no, if one person is taking up so much space and all of their passions and all the things, especially someone like me who has lived nine lives, <laughs> I, I, t- I know that I take up a lot of space. So I wanted to leave room for him and leave room for him to grow and to be, to be who he was authentically supposed to be. Um, because he has done that for me without the words, of course. He has, he's never said that to me, but he just did it. And I think that's just normal in a, in a male-female relationship. Men just kind of just do things, you know? Um, women, we got to talk it out and things like that. But he just did it, left the space for me and allowed me to be me. Um, so quick story, like we, we actually graduated from radiology school together back in 2008. So this was pre everything. 
And um, I remember um, I was I was like we were like freshmen or whatever, and um, the director, you know, came over to me and said, but "What is it that you want to do in radiology? Why why are you here?" And I said, um, and he was like a, a freshman, so we weren't going out at the time. He was just sitting over there in the chair. Heard, he heard, heard the whole story. And I said, well, I don't know. You know, I was thinking radiation therapy. Maybe I'll do some nursing, maybe. I, you know, or maybe I could do it all. I could do radiation therapy. I could do, I could be a nurse too. And then, you know, maybe I'll open up my own urgent care or something. And she was like, you can't do all of that. You See, you, you. What you got to understand is that you just have to pick a lane and stay there. And for a split second, I believed her. And I said, this is what people have been telling me all through high school, all through my early adulthood. And I'm like, man, maybe I'm just this fickle girl who has dreams and want to do everything. And I just need to pick one thing and stay with it. And that stuck with me. That stuck with me. But you know what? I said, there's no reason why I can't be all nine people that I want to be. <laughs> there is no reason. And there's enough room in this world for all of me. And um, my husband always says, I'm so glad you didn't take her advice. I'm so glad you didn't take her advice. And uh, I was like, and that's why I married you. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you didn't take her advice. As you were like, you could see on my screen when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> that's like the worst thing to say to someone. But I understand it because it's very much like it's the phrase like jack of all trades, master of nothing. And I've changed that to jack of all trades, master of myself. So excuse me, I'd rather be a master of myself and be good at multiple things to figure out what it is, what I want, and then go on with my life. But your story reminded me when I was in high school, my senior year. So my, my I had an off blocks my senior year, my final semester, and I used that time just to apply for scholarships, just religiously, just found scholarships, applied to them. And I remember one of my classmates, it was like about March and she goes to me, she's just like, well, what are you going to do if you don't get any scholarships? At that time, like I only applied to one university, no community colleges whatsoever. I was the first in my class to be like, I'm going to a university um, and in my background, I didn't grow up with money. My family didn't have a name or money, like small town mentality. So she asked me, that's the backstory. So she asked me that question, like, what are you going to do? And I looked at her, I'm like, so what? Like, and she was flabbergasted. She's like, well, I don't even know what she said, but she goes on to this. She's like, but if you don't get any scholarships, like, like kind of like, how are you going to afford it? And I just looked at her. I'm like, I'm going there's these things called student loans. I'm going. Exactly. I've made my choice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Gosh. That's that's exactly what it is like. Some people they get bogged down by a plan, and and I have to admit sometimes I, I am like that. But I do have to check myself very often, and sometimes the, you know what, and being brave means 
just seeing the step that's next. That's it. Just looking right ahead of you and tackling that at your best. Not worrying about step 10, how you're going to be your best, but the step right in front of you. Because I think that that's what really brings out the most greatness in us. Um, If we get bogged down by a plan, and then I mean bogged down like we're not flexible. And we won't accept when things don't go as planned. And we don't know how to pivot. We don't know how to move. We don't know how to, we don't know how to shift with the times. Um, so just like, you know, for me in my career right now with real estate, of course I have to shift with the times. I can't meet with my clients the way that I, I would like to. And I'm and I and I kind of dub myself as a family real estate agent. So I love, I'm like, bring the kids. I got them too. I'll bring some popcorn. We'll look at some houses. Like, and so not being able to do that, um, learning how to shift and how to make that still work, but in a, in a virtual way, of course, and not get bogged down. Like, you know what? I can't do it. I'm done. This is it. I won't sell or even contact anyone until this is all over. You still have opportunities to do things. If you just look right in front of you and not, oh, May 1st, you know, when things could possibly open up or whatever the case may be. You don't have to wait for that. Just paying attention to the step next to you <laughs> is mm. all you really need to do. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> I did a podcast earlier because right before all of the corona chaos happened, I was supposed to go to um, Tony Ro- a Tony Robbins event. And I had coaching with that prior built up. And that Monday they had to cancel it because it was in the San Jose, Santa Fe, or Santa Fe. San Francisco area and because and the corona was just starting so I'm like okay that was my deadline so it's just like fuck I have to pivot but I also had to like give myself the grace to allow whatever emotions just unleashed because it was like I was saving it had a lot of like mental mindset build up because I knew one of the exercises that were coming and I was just like oh fuck (laughs) <laughs> like I'm a mindset coach, love mindset, all of that. And I'm like, this is going to be one of the biggest mindset tests of my life. And people are like, you don't need to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I 100% do. Because I'll sit there and I'll look back and I'll be like, I'll feel like crap. Because I'll know, I know intuitively what it feels like to have just done the scary thing instead of Sitting here and being like, oh, damn it. I should have done the scary thing and what like, that feels like. But yeah, that's a really important point about pivoting with the times of everything that's going on. Like you could, like you said, there's so much opportunity going on here, like building community online, present, shifting. Some people, it is just pausing. Yes, yes, there is. And, I, and, I, and I've tried to recognize that too, because I think I've been putting out a lot of content that's about push, 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 be on, be, you know, take this opportunity to, um, to shift, embrace and that kind of thing. But, and then also I've been hearing people, you know, other, um, content creators that be create creating content around pausing. And I'm like, you know what, that's exactly what I needed to hear. So I think combining those two somehow, um, finding that balance, uh, maybe that's really the term that, that we could all use is, is having a balance of, of having a pause and maybe having some some moments of silence to really collect, come together with your thoughts, but then also finding out 
now that something has been removed from, let's just from your business or from your normal routine, what does that leave you with? And it often, and now it's kind of making me think about what else could be removed from my everyday and from my, from my creative side that I couldn't live, I feel like I couldn't live with. And what would I do if this thing was removed? So right now it's, it's people, people are removed. (laughs) What if technology was removed? How would I pivot from that point? I don't know. It's so many things that I can, can, can name. There's always going to be something. That's the point. There's always going to be something that's going to be where you need to be flexible. And and I'm just going to speak to entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, um, in a way of how can you still show up for your audience when something is being removed from your everyday and stepping out of your comfort zone, similar to what you were saying, stepping into that place where you are fearful and maybe this thing makes you a little nervous. Like for me, cold calling people, I hate it. Can't do it. I don't want to do it. And that's one of the pillars of how we create um, leads and we work with, we work with in, in the real estate world. Cold call, I hate it. But when you take away <laughs> the human contact, I'm left with calling people, contacting people. And how can I do that and not, I don't like selling, sell, sell it. I don't like sounding salesy. So I, that's my fear. And I don't like that. And I, and, and I only got into real estate because I wanted to genuinely show up for people in a different way than what they're used to. They're used to people saying, buy, 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 sell, 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 not for people saying, how can I help you? How can I help you reach your next goal? What is it that I can do with my background and what I know? How can I help you? Um, I wanted to show up in that way. So now I'm kind of being forced to change the way that I do things. And that's okay. So that means calling them up and now saying that. How can I show up for you? Are you, you know what I mean? Like, how are you guys hanging in there during this time? So that was a learning curve for me. So that for whoever is, is, is listening right now, you may be questioning yourself, like, how can I show up? How can I be of assistance when I can't even see anyone? There is a way. You just might have to do something that feels a little scary. You might have to do something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone, but there is something. So. Mm-hmm. There's always something. There's opportunity in so much of this. And it's just when this all started, like I shifted my content to also include both because I recognize that some people this time is the kick in the ass they need to do things like this is their wake up call to get moving. But other people, this is their wake up call to be like, you've been hustling so hard. Take a break. Take a break. And then like asking how you can serve people is like the best thing you can do. Like during this time, we're craving so much human connection. And I was talking to a new acquaintance. I go, I feel busier than I did when I could go places because now you've taken the travel out of it. So everyone's got these online things going on, networking, meetups, some programs like serving. And she and I were having a conversation about, okay, what do I get to let go of? Because again, it was replacing the busy. What can I get let to get go of so that there are moments of stillness 
that we're slowly, like she was saying, she's slowly getting used to and wanting is having those moments of stillness and finding that harmonious balance. Because, I mean, there will be times when someone needs to hustle, 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 but there will also be times where you need to like pause and take a breath. So I'm curious, how have you been entertaining yourself during this time? So I have been trying to quiet my mind. Now, I I read, but I don't read as much as I would have liked to. And I said to myself, you know what? I am going to set set time to pull out. I have a, a, we just moved here into our home not too long, a couple months ago. And uh, I haven't gotten a bookshelf yet. So all my books are in in boxes. And I said, I'm going to go through my, my box of books and I'm going to pull some books out that really will, will add, because I have to feed the monster in me. I have to admit there's a monster in me that loves, loves, loves to be busy. And I love to, and busy in a way where I just need to be learning something. If it's something, I'm learning something new, I'm learning a new, like I could sit on YouTube and, and watch tutorials all day. I, it's awful. <laughs> It's awful because I'm like, okay, I learned that. Ooh, I learned about five different things. So I had to feed the monster. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read. But at the same time, this also is giving me opportunity to quiet down a little bit, you know, be calm and read a book, sit still. Um, So that's something that I've been trying to do more of. And then also um, I have been doing a lot of the Zoom um, groups for mindfulness and meditation. They have been amazing. Um, and I think that those of you that are doing that continue even after the virus, because I think that they are really helping people um, that are struggling, especially with anxiety with what's going on um, and even beyond. So I think that that tool has been, you know, you know, Zoom calls and meetings and things like that have been amazing for mindfulness and meditation. Mm. Those are some good ones. They are. Especially the mindfulness mindfulness and med- meditation, like taking those moments of still and pause. Like I've started, I've always wanted to get into fashion illustration, but I've always had, to, like, again, fixed on what it looks like, how I'm going to learn it, even though I have the books, how to learn it. Because once upon a time, my, my original major was fashion merchandising. And so I, I've pulled that out. And then... Um, I still have a Kindle, so, and I have unlimited Kindle rental for free for a month. So I'm like, I'll use it. And I'm not reading any of the personal development books I normally read or like the educational books I normally read. Good for you. I know it's really interesting this like permission I've given myself. I'm very much reading a teen fiction (laughs) that is very much on point of who I am personality wise. Like the protagonist is this woman who or girl who doesn't know her power and she's coming to an age and now everyone wants to protect her but yet kill her at the same time and she's meant for this like big thing but she's actually really meant to blow up the current hierarchy and just like you know does like all of these different things and like okay cool that's my cheesiness like it's okay (laughs) some people like really bad rom-coms like my grandmother does and other people are me being like I like cheesy sci-fi books of otherworldly things and you know whatever will be it's fine (laughs) oh my gosh I am inspired because I have been thinking that to myself I'm like I need to just get a book that's just 
it's about nothing but something. And I just, just read it and just enjoy it. Um, but I've been just saying it. It's just been in my head. But I can say this. I, my daughter, again, she's 14. So she loves all of those teen drama. I, and I honestly, I cannot stand them. But during this whole, whole thing, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit with you and spend time with you and watch these shows with you and bear through them. And don't you know, some of them are actually entertaining. I'm like, okay. She's like, mom, you were a teenager once. I'm like, yes, you're right. I was. <laughs> it's like, you're right. I was a teenager once. But <laughs> some of the things that you guys are talking about right now weren't exactly the same. Like, they manifested in different ways for us. <laughs> isn't that interesting how it is? Like, go, going on a little tangent, like, Tiger King came out. And me, I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. Also, I did not know it was a series. So one night after like seeing all these things, because I very much am a person being like, well, what's all the hype about? Mm-hmm. Let me let me see what it is. And I finished the first episode. And I'm like, mother F, this is a series. And it just drew me in because it's a goddamn train wreck. Yeah. And I can't look away because I'm just sitting here. I'm like, holy shit. And then it's also like, these are what lawsuit, law school exams, examples yeah. are. Yeah, like they literally are because you can't you, you can't make it up. And like yeah. a lot of some of the exams I took were the same. But I'm just sitting here, I'm like, oh my god, I did just watch all of Tiger King, and I'm just sitting here, and I'm I'm not taking all side any sides on this because I'm like, I very much probably will offend someone right now. Cat people are crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got from that. I'm like, cat people are crazy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm I'm trying I'm giving it some time because I just binged watched Ozark, so I'm giving it a second. <laughs> just like on a Saturday cuz I'll just make it like a weekend thing. You just get some popcorn and some what wine, lots of wine and just watch it all cuz you're going to want to finish it cuz you're going to be like what? What just happened? Wait, what? Like that's my advice to you. Is okay, just battle down. Like you could do it in a day. I yes. mean, you could do it in two days. But if you spread it out any longer, I'm be like, why? Are you, you're crazy. Like, how did that not train wreck not pull you in? All right, I'm gonna hold you to it too, because I. I- <laughs> Watch, you'll get, I'll get a text and be like, this, this is stupid. I don't understand what you're talking about. I'll be fine. Okay, pull you. Um. But going back to giving women permission and you living all of your nine lives, what has been the biggest, like the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself and then the biggest judgment that you've gotten from people? And that could be mutually exclusive. Okay. Um, the most that I learned about myself and I, I, as opposed to what I thought of myself and what people have told me, I found out that my superpower is, is that I'm not afraid to start over and I'm not afraid to be at the beginning. And that has been the most um, powerful revelation that I have ever had. And 
that made me less fearful of starting over, less fearful of pursuing passions or anything. Anything that I used to be afraid of, it made me way less afraid. I was always still a little bit of fear, but um, I found out what my superpower was. And um, yeah, so, but in terms of judgment, I think that that's, that, that's what the biggest judgment was. It's, it's all, all one and the same is that I think that society is, and, and the way that our culture is built up is that if you aren't on one lane and just pursuing that one lane, then you don't know who you are. And um, sometimes that's not what that means. Who you are could be that you are a wanderer, you are a pursuer, um, and that's okay. And you don't have to be um, held to other people's perception of who you are. That's not your burden to bear. If somebody once believed that, you know, I was going to be doing radiology for the rest of my life. And when I shifted, they just couldn't accept me for who I was or what I was doing at that time. That's their problem. And, um, and I think that was the biggest judgment for me. And, and, and I had to break free of that. Like literally, like when I think about, I think about things and visions all the time. And when I think about that, I literally think of breaking chains off of myself because people's words do that to you. They literally hold you down and make you go, I cannot do this. Because if so-and-so found out, they're going to tell me again, you're, you're doing this again. You're changing this again. Oh man. Like it was like, my ears were bleeding every time I heard something like that. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm changing it up. Yeah. And I, and I want you to support it too. <laughs> you will, you will. That just reminds me of when I was going through a dark period of just like wanting like my person and it wasn't necessarily someone to like complete me like all of that or or just like building up those relationships with like family and friends because those were mutually exclusive pains for me at the time. And I remember having a conversation with my grandmama and being like, I don't care or want someone to believe in what I'm doing. I just want them to believe in me. That's it. I'm like, I'll do crazy shit. I don't care. Some of the stuff that I do, I'm like, okay, I'm really doing that. I did decide to do that. Okay, cool beans. It's just wanting someone to love and accept me as I am, whether it was a romantic relationship, familiar, or a friendship. But I'm just like, that's all you have to do. Like, why does everything have to be cookie cutter, black and white when that's not life? It's yeah. not. Yeah. And I, and I think that there's so many women that feel that way. And that's why we have an influx, a huge influx on women communities. They're creating tribes. They're creating all types of whatever they want to call it. But they are building these communities because there's so many women. And, and what I urge people to do as you're, as a creator of a community, um, I would definitely say not to just create a superficial community where the focus is on the brand itself, but the focus is on the actual community and them being able to build relationships that will build them up because that is the meat and potatoes of a female um, community. That is the meat and potatoes, not um, them buying your ebook, not them, you know, I mean, that's the byproduct. 
but the meat and potatoes is the actual community because people are 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 craving that connection. I'm included creating that opportunity that creating the opportunity for people to truly connect. So that's why a lot of times when I see other community creators, I'm like I know I know because the only reason why, not the only reason, but I know that most of the reasons why people start to create communities like that is because they felt the lack in their own life. And, um, and that, and, and again, I go back to the creation of the positivity charge and um, because there's so many women that feel that way. And um, yeah, so it, 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 it takes, it takes women to build communities like that for women. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes back to women in our nature. We were hunter-gatherers. The men went off and the women were there in tribes having different conversations. And one of the things um, before I took a mental pause with my reading, like was reading about the female mindset and the male mindset and like biohacking, essentially what I come up like leveraging my own like how my own genetic makeup, like, cause I have no control over that. And then also understanding the opposite set sexes mindset in their own genetic makeup. So I can leverage them in a way that's supportive to like shift to things. But it's very interesting, like with all the female stuff, I'm like, yeah, I very much like want the female tribe and want similar people like me in the sense of similar values, not necessarily view sets, because I very much welcome all types of life. And because it challenges me and my mindset and broadens my horizon. But yeah, community is just really much, really needed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm the type of person I, I have to reel that in sometimes because when I don't see things, I want to create it. So it, it doesn't matter where I am and, and what what capacity I'm in it. I could be a team member, I could be wherever I'm 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 at. If I don't see something, I wanna make it. And um and sometimes that's that could be a gift and a curse because you wanna create something, but you have to you have to you have to, again, go back to the priority chain of what I was talking about earlier and um, and your gifts and how you dispense them amongst all the other, all the entities of your life. You have to put them on a priority chain. And, um, and I think that as, again, as, as content creators and as community creators, we start to, um, lose sight of that priority chain sometimes. So it's definitely important to, you know, reel that in. And for me personally, um, that's something that I've been challenging myself to do. Um, learning when is it time to step up and when is it time to, to just be, you know, learning the difference between the two. And that could be different for anyone. Um, the way that looks, but knowing how to recognize when it's time to step up and create and when it's time to, to just sit still and monitor and assess. So how did you come up with your own priority chain? Because you've mentioned it a lot in this episode. So it's interesting to share with the audience and what it looks look like. So they have an idea. I think I had to create that priority chain because it was just a mess at one point and it was just all over the place because I wanted so many things and 
that's what happens with a personality similar to mine. I, I wanted to pursue everything. I wanted to pursue motherhood and marriage and family and career and personal development and all these things all at once. And my priorities was just jacked. And then I had to really, um, I think what, what did it was, you know, um, that opportunity with the Food Network that changed my life because I had to make a decision. And now, and that's when I realized that my priorities was out of whack. And so, um, and putting my, putting my family at the top of that priority chain was, was the first, was the first step to do. Um, and then understanding who I was. And I took a step back because at that point I was just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, so again, it took six months before I decided to pursue the positivity charge because I had took that time to just kind of figure out what is it, what, what am I, what, what gifts do I have to provide that I can at the same time show up for my family as well. Um, and the positivity charge was one of those things. Um, and how can I still show my children that, you know, dreams are possible. You can do multiple things at one time and it's okay. You just got to fig. you just got to have that priority chain. You just got to figure out what does that look like for you? Um, and when something is not a part of that priority, you got to You got to get rid of it as soon as possible. Immediately. Once you make that decision, you get rid of it immediately. And that's something I've lived by. Um, and it's helped me over the past four years, I would say. Um, so it's helped me to prioritize things and to keep things in perspective. Um, yeah. Did you, like, did you write it down or did you just do a mental list? Oh, no, I wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> I wrote it down. I wrote it down. So I'm a fan of Google Docs and I'll write anything down in Google Docs um, um, just because I get it on my phone and I have it on my computer. But I always I always have Google Docs um, up when I have thoughts or anything like that, starting putting things down on paper. Um, of course, we, you know, you know, we we all know, like, you know, right, putting things down on paper kind of makes things a little bit more real, made a little bit more concrete. But after a while, I really didn't need it anymore. It was just kind of something now it's ingrained in me that I kind of, when I hear something, I'm like, mm, that don't fit. Or if it does, it does. Mm-hmm. That brings up a really great point as to like the power of writing it down because you t- get it out of your head so you can gain clarity on what it is that your priorities are. And that's what you've, like, you've been able to learn and be like, no, that's not going to fit into what I'm prioritizing and moving on there. But you could have also just decided what your priorities were and not writing them down because there's absolutely no set way of doing anything. So that's where it's just like anyone listening, like, here's our examples. But again, like you said earlier, you have to pivot. You can't be married to the plan. You can be married to the goal. That's yes. Yes. But the plan, like I said, the how is never up to you. <laughs> it is never. You could do things. You can keep taking those back steps up the stair steps, but the how is never up to you. You don't know what stair step is the end. Yeah. Either. Yeah. And and I and I dare to say to be just open to possibilities in a way where you cause the flow being in flow doesn't mean that you're stuck to what that 
what your projected flow was. Being in flow is also accepting what is coming to you because there's things coming to you that are so amazing that you will miss and they will pass you by if you're in the flow and stuck in that original flow, if that makes sense. Um, because if you're just stuck there, those things are just going to pass you by and you won't ever, you won't ever get to experience what was really for you. And that's, and I've, you know, here to quote all the time, what is for me is for me and it won't pass me by. I think I posted that not too long ago. Don't know where I heard it. So don't ask me, but, (laughs) but what is for me, (laughs) (laughs) but is what is for me is for me and it will not pass me by. And that's, and that's not by accident. That's because I'm open to possibilities. And you have to be open to that um, because there are some good, good, good things coming to you, especially if you are actively pursuing goodness. If you're active, actively pursuing goodness and greatness, those things will come to you. Um, when I first started into entrepreneurship, I was like coming out of radiology and I just made that decision and and, and started in my new Philly. And I had created like some businesses here and there and, and started to put myself out there. And out there in a way where I was so uncomfortable, every time I posted on social media, I was like, oh my God, what did I just do? Um, What did I just say? Did I really just tell people, you know, about my struggles with weight loss? Did I really just do that? And um, I did that for a while until it became less uncomfortable. And doing that without any expectation, just pursuing to be be great in in the space that I was in. It brought so many good opportunities, meeting so many great people like my partner, Dr. Rubina, like so many other friends and people that have um, come my way and just being open. And I'm I'm sure being open, honestly, brought me here on your podcast today. Um, So just being open to possibilities will be will be the thing that will launch you into that into that next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely being open and transparent in your vulnerability is what got you on the show. So anyone listening, (laughs) here's my criteria. Um, But I want to go back to like your weight loss journey is that, you know, people value others who are honest and open and being like, hey, I'm struggling in this area, but this is what I'm doing. Or it's like, you know, throughout this time, it's like, oh, I'm on fire. I can do things. And then there are some days that I'm just like, where's my box of chocolates? And can I just hide under the blanket for the day, please? Like, <laughs> like it's just learning to ride those waves of emotion. Um, but yeah, that's what people are craving. Like we can even, I started seeing that shift before Corona was like, nope, no one can leave the house. Like I started seeing it, but now it's just like highlighted how much we do crave human connection, how much we do need to have a online community just as much as we do an offline community. Like they're no longer mutually exclusive. It's all mixed together now because we're all in this together, clearly. (laughs) Coronavirus has shown us that. Definitely, definitely. And, and Oh, having an online community, and I say that like your community is is your immediate family too. That's your mm-hmm. th- those are your peeps, and learning how to be closer to them in different ways. Because I I feel like I've spoken to my my father really 
more than I ever have. We were FaceTiming all the time. We're like, and I'm just constantly checking up on him. And it feels really good to be honest with you. And I think it's just because like I see my father usually every week and not seeing him now, I've talked to him way more um, throughout the week. So it's really nice. And I'm like, you know, we should definitely keep this up. And, and it just brings forth some a different, you know, communication. So mm-hmm. it's nice. On Wednesday, I um, told my family, well, prior to that, I told my family on Wednesday we'll have a family FaceTime call because we're not all in the same place. And then my mom goes, can we do this next week? And I'm like, mom, we can just keep it going until the end of time. Aww. That's okay. And then I told my grandmama, she's like, that's nice of you. And I'm laughing because my mom will probably listen to this podcast. And I'm like, I'm doing it out of defense, to be honest. <laughs> yes, I love my family. But there are some times where I'm like, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like feeding the monster yeah. in some ways. Like, I understand <laughs> it. I get it. I'll probably get it more when I become a mom myself. But I'm also just like, whatever. What do I, what do I really have to lose in this moment? <laughs> exactly and plus i get to see my siblings and i get to roast them what's yeah. even better now and then they fun. try to roast me <laughs> then they try to roast me yeah. so i'm like okay cool beans and i sit there I'd like keep keep ganging up on me and, um, yeah you know and i'm waiting to put the zinger in like there was <laughs> we're getting a little off topic before we end the cut. and i was just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i put the zinger in and they're like oh you're right <laughs> i'm like yes done we are we are done with that. Yeah. Well, at least you're getting your family time. That's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's just interesting how, like, relationships evolve, like, going to your point with your father, like, how they change, evolve, and what you begin to prioritize. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely have been enjoying that. And, you know, he talks to the kids and everything like that. And he's, he, he's for, for Easter, he's decided to cook an entire meal. And I'm like, I said to him, Dad, Who's eating that food? And he starts laughing. <laughs> I'm like, who's eating all that food? He said, well, I'm going to have um, turkey and gravy sandwiches. Then I'm going to have turkey salad. Then I'm going to have, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, so you have your whole turkey lunches and dinners planned for the rest of the week? I'm like, oh my gosh, he's too funny. <laughs> and with that... <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. That's too much turkey. Um, but thank you so much for coming on as we're getting into the final questions. Like, this is such a great conversation and ending on a very interesting, hilarious note that I think everyone can relate to at one, one point in their lives, even during this time. Mm-hmm. But where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Parisha Smith, P A R I S H A Smith. You can also find me on Facebook. My page my page is uh, facebook.com slash agent Parisha. Um, you can also find me, um, you want to do websites as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so my website for real estate is parishasmithhomes.com. And also you are welcome to join our community at thepositivitycharge.com. Amazing. You guys <laughs> should all head over there now. Yes. What is a podcast book resource that has created so much value in your life that you would share with the audience? Um, I have two. One um, career 
for me personally has been the Tom Ferry podcast. And it, it, he talks a lot about real estate, but he also talks about just entrepreneurship in general and how to show up for your audience, which is something that I'm all about. So he talks a lot about that in terms of a podcast. Secondly, um, My Leap Teal um, is a podcaster that I really, really enjoy um, in terms of personal development um, and how to prioritize your life and different things like that. She talks about so many different things. So that is another one. Um, podcast books, um, books that have been really amazing for me. Um, I have to say Simon Sinek, start with why, um, was something that was really, really, that got me back into like when it came out maybe a few years ago, it was one of those books that really got me back into reading for personal development and, and all it's like a little bit of personal development and career. That's probably a book that really, um, resonated with me and really jumpstarted me and to dive in deeper into personal development books. Beautiful. What would you say has been your bravest moment? I think my bravest moment was, I think I'm going to go with the same story about deciding not to accept the externship with the Food Network. And And it's weird because how can declining something be brave and to answer that question is because I could have done that and I could have been amazing and I knew I could have been great and I and I don't mean to toot my own horn but you know how when you know that you could be really great at something so I, I, I envision myself being amazing and I'm now the producer of Chopped or Iron Chef but where are my, my my kids and my husband and all of that and when I took that vision? And I had to be courageous enough to choose them first. And that took a lot of bravery for me. Hmm. There is a lot of bravery in declining something instead of accepting something. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. Like, you're brave when you say yes. Like, no, you are also brave when you say no to something that is out of an alignment for you, not what society expects you to do. Because that's, again, like breaking the norms, breaking those chains and being yourself. And our final question, what is your definition of brave? Uh, That's tough to put in one sentence, but I can say I think brave is when you are not absent of fear, but you pursue in spite of. That's that's when you're most brave. Mm -hmm. That is bravery. Well, Parisha, it was so good to have you on. There are so many mic drop moments that I'm just like, not enough time to cover. And like, thank you so much for sharing your story and coming on and sharing yourself with the audience. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. That was the most easygoing thing ever. You're wonderful. Thank you.
Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Built Brave. If you love this episode, heck, if you like this episode, please head on over, give it a rate, review, subscribe, like, shout it out on your social media with your major takeaways and what you loved about the episode. And as always, tag me in that at Low Wentworth because I love hearing what you guys got out of the episodes. And until next time, remember, you've always been brave.